We hear in the Acts of the Apostles that everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. And so that's what I want to talk today about in terms of the resurrection and what that actually does to us. That when we enter into this resurrected life with Jesus, we experience forgiveness of sins. Now a lot of us today kind of take that for granted. We just kind of think, I'm a good guy, God forgives my sins. But to truly be forgiven of our sins is to to let go of everything that would keep us from clinging to Christ. And so in the resurrection, in, in the passion, he suffered and he died and he rose. And in order for us to experience the resurrection, we must go through that same process. We must suffer in life. We must die completely to sin. And when we have died completely to sin, we will rise. So I want you to try to think about a sin in your life that you know needs to die. What sin do you need to let go of and be forgiven of? Because if we enter into this mystery, this paschal mystery of his suffering, dying, and rising, we can be forgiven of our sins. A good example of this, uh, I don't know if you've seen the previews for Father Stu yet, but Mark Wahlberg's latest movie, Father Jeremy actually got a signed letter from Mark Wahlberg saying, go and see this film. They sent it to every pastor in the country, I think, and I don't know that it was signed, but, but he's got it, and he's very proud of it. I didn't get one because I'm not a pastor yet. So I went to see the film, and it's a beautiful story that, talks, that, that really goes through what it means to be forgiven from our sins, what it means to let go of a sinful life and experience here on earth the life of the resurrection. So Father Stu, before he was Stu, when he was young Stu, he got into a lot of trouble, much like Mark, Mark Wahlberg himself. They both had very bad histories. And as the film goes on throughout this all, the, the, the perpetual sin continues on. So he lives in a pretty dysfunctional family. There's a, a lot of abandonment and abuse and alcohol and drugs. And so Stu, this young man, is, is really living a life of sin. He doesn't know it, and he doesn't know that there's anything better. He does know that he's pretty miserable. And so in high school, he had a a coach actually that said, hey, why don't you try boxing? And he introduced him to boxing. And Stu loved boxing because he could throw himself into it. He could take out all of his anger and aggression. He loved boxing. The difficult thing is he wasn't very good at boxing. So he got beat up quite a bit. And so he was physically beaten up a lot through this movie. When, he, when the mother tells him, she, she says, you're getting kind of old to be boxing. Like, most people at your age aren't just starting their career. Most people are coming to retirement. And she goes, you're not there yet. He did receive the, the, the golden uh, gloves for his state, but that's as far as he went. So she says to him, look, kid, you got a good face. Go to Hollywood. And so he goes to Hollywood, and he tries to act and takes up acting, and as he's doing that, he's taking all these just really lousy roles and, you know, doing, like, sponsorship for vacuums and things like that, working at, working at these restaurants and uh, any place he can find a job. And he meets this girl, and she's beautiful. She's Mexican. And when he meets her, he just, he, he like, falls in love with her instantly. And so he grew up having no faith. This is Stu. It's a true story. He grew up having no faith and... More than no faith, like 
an adverse reaction to faith. He didn't like any of it. His parents didn't like any of it. But he meets this girl, and she's a, she's a Catholic, and one of the lines is, she's as Catholic as the cross, one of the, her, the friends tells him. So he decides he's going to pursue her, and he goes to Mass just to kind of, like, impress her. And over the time, they, they begin to, like, develop a rapport, and she makes it very clear that I'm a Catholic, I wait till marriage, you know, this is just isn't going to work between us two. But he keeps, he keeps trying, keeps trying, he keeps trying. So he decides he's going to go through RCAA, the Rite of Christian Initiation. He's going to become Catholic for this girl, okay? So he goes through this whole process of initiation, and he begins to know Jesus. And by the end of it, he wants to actually be baptized for himself. And when he's baptized, as he's, the priest is pouring water over him, and I laugh at the movie because Mark Wahlberg just took off his shirt. Like, I don't know who does that for baptism. But uh, <laughs> as they're pouring the water over him, he, he, he receives the call to priesthood. And in that moment, he knows he's supposed to be a priest. And like anything else, he's going to throw himself into it. And so he kind of breaks the girl's heart. Not kind of, he breaks her heart. Uh, goes, goes to apply to the seminary. And the Monsignor, the rector of the seminary, looks at him and looks at his like, file of all the crimes he's committed and all the DUIs and everything. And he goes, um, listen, you're not, you're not fit for the seminary. We can't, we can't accept you with this. But he didn't give up. He kept going back and he kept going back. And he said, I, I'm changed, you know, and, and didn't some of the greatest saints have conversions? St. Augustine, uh, St. Paul... And he, he began to, like, just kind of learn his face so that he could get into the seminary. So he gets in, and he's in the seminary now, and things are going great. He's still, like, this uh, tough, cocky, uh, funny, funny uh, seminarian. And one day he's driving his motorcycle. He gets hit by a car, rolls over in the street, and while he's rolling, another car runs him over. And all he remembers from that moment is Mary appearing to him. So the Blessed Mother came to him and appeared to him to comfort him in that moment. So he goes into the hospital, and after the hospital, it's a, a long recovery. And uh, then the doctors discover that he has this degenerative muscle disease. And the doctor tells him, from this point on, your muscles, you're going to lose everything. Even your, even your ability to stand, your ability to speak, all of it's going to be lost. And so when the Monsignor finds out about this, he says to him, you know, we can't ordain you under this uh, situation. So then um, he gives it all up. He walks away. But something really cool happens. His parish rallies for him. And they actually write letters to Rome begging that he could be let back into the seminary. And Rome responded and let him in. And so he came back into the seminary, he gets ordained, and he turns out to be this really amazing priest who's able to relate to people, people in prison, people in normal life, because of his own brokenness, because of his own past, he can relate to people. His sins had been forgiven. And he began living the life of the resurrection. And there's a cool scene towards the end of the movie where he's in a nursing home and he's bound to a wheelchair. He can barely lift his head. And there's a line of people waiting to come to him into the nursing home for confession. That's what it means to live the resurrected life. 
that no matter what we go through, no matter what suffering we go through, any, anything that happens to us, that it means truly that we want to be who God wants us to be. And we're willing to let go of the sin that keeps us from that. I want to end with just a, another message from Jesus. Jesus appeared to a saint called St. Faustina. And he appeared to her numerous times. One of the times that he appeared to her was on Easter Sunday. Now, St. Faustina was given this message by Jesus. She would become what, is, what she is called the, uh, the missionary of mercy, that that would be her vocation in life. So her, what Jesus gave to her was this desire to share the mercy of Jesus. And he promised that even the most hardened sinner who comes to him on Divine Mercy Sunday, will, the, the sins will crumble away and they will experience his love and mercy. So he said to St. Faustina, I want you to dedicate the Sunday after Easter to be Divine Mercy Sunday. It's kind of confusing that, that he would make that after Easter and not during Lent, but I think this is why. I think because a lot of us that come to church today have not been in a while. And maybe there's, you know, sin that we have in our lives that needs to be crumbled and needs to be broken down. So he promised to St. Faustina, he said, if a hardened sinner comes to me, and the, the worse his sins, the more mercy I will show. If he comes to me on Divine Mercy Sunday, having gone to confession and receiving the Eucharist, they will receive complete forgiveness of all of their sins and any punishment due to sin. So he says, my flood of mercy will open up on Divine Mercy Sunday. And so I just invite you, if you've been away from the faith, if you're struggling with any sin in your life, if you feel hardened and you just want to live this life of the resurrection, go to confession next Saturday to any church and then come to Mass on Divine Mercy Sunday and you can receive that powerful grace. Because the resurrection for us means walking without sin. And we cannot experience the resurrected life until we have died to sin so that we may rise to new life with Christ. So Father Stu is a wonderful example of a, that happening to a person in our time that his whole life was converted and he went on to be this amazing and wonderful priest. This Easter, God wants to do the same with you. He wants you to live the resurrected life. He wants to forgive you of your sins and he wants to raise you from the dead so that we can truly be an Easter people. Happy Easter.